Well, good afternoon and welcome to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi. Thank you for joining us. We're coming to you from the Coming Home Network International on EWTN Radio. And I do want to encourage you to check out everything EWTN has on their website, EWTN.com, all the archived programs. You can see the Journey Home program and all the live programs. Lots of good stuff, in case you didn't know that. And, of course, this radio program is connected to a website also. If you go to chnetwork.org, you can find out about the Coming Home Network, but there's a link to listen to Journey Home programs as well as this program. You can watch us live. Each week I invite a guest to join me to discuss important issues of faith based on Scripture. And sometimes it's looking at a verse they never saw that brought them to a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. Sometimes it, the Scripture helped them uh, understand a deeper understanding of their own faith. Sometimes a Scripture acted like a two-by-four to bring them back on track. And sometimes Scripture uh, caught them at a low time in their life and helped them see the light at the end of a tunnel. And that's God's Word for us. It, it, it awakens us and brings us closer to Him. But we have to make sure that when we are listening to Scripture and meditating upon it, that we're interpreting it correctly. And that's one of the dangers, because it's very difficult for any of us to see the, the influences, both outside and within ourselves, that cloud our vision. And I think we're going to get into a little bit of that today with my guest, in because Another, just understanding the basic meaning of faith. What is faith? What are we required to believe? But even much more than that, what does it mean for us as a person? What is faith? And how do we know that what we believe or do or feel, or think, or what we're being is true in the eyes of God. That's what's important. How do we discern if it's true? How we're living, whether it's true, or whether we're being guided or misguided by our own interpretation, our own desires. Have we defined faith for ourselves by putting the categories of our own life around it? Have we set the box for which we want to fit faith in? Or have we surrendered ourselves? That's a bit of our discussion today. And I'm uh, excited about the guest that I have on the program today. The guest is my oldest son, John Mark Grodi. And John Mark, who works for us at the Coming Home Network, he's our web designer, webmaster, does all of our internet, marketing. Uh, he's been a great addition. He's also a new husband. Well, a year. Just last weekend, uh, a year. Uh, he's uh, married Teresa uh, last June. He's expecting my first grandchild this coming August, he and Teresa. And it's just great to have him as a part of the staff, having close to home. But John, Mark is here to talk about some scriptures that deal with this issue of faith. And just to let you also know a little bit about John Mark, he graduated from Bowling Green State University, cum laude in philosophy. So I've got it. I'm trying to calm him down here. We don't want a philosophy lesson here, John Mark. Uh, but of course, he'll bring that in because that's an important part of his life. And uh, the scripture, he chose a number of scriptures, but the key scripture that Uh, he chose as the foundation point to begin this discussion on the meaning of faith comes from Matthew 16, verse 17. And the context of this scripture, of course, is where Jesus turns to his disciples and asks the question, who do people, who do men say that I am? And then the disciples give give their answers. And then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And then Peter responds, 
And then after Peter's response, we hear this verse, which is Jesus' response to Peter's response. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. EWTN.com is online with program information, the latest news, Pope Benedict XVI, plus tools for living the faith like prayers, Catholic Q&A, and other resources. Log on today to EWTN.com. If you enjoy the Journey Home television program on EWTN, you'll want to purchase a copy of Marcus Grodi's book, Journey's Home. Journey's Home contains the conversion stories of men and women who, as a result of their surrender to Jesus Christ, heard a call to follow him more completely in the Catholic Church. Many of them were Protestant pastors or missionaries. Others were laymen who, though working in secular jobs, took their calling to serve Christ in the world very seriously. To order your copy of Marcus Grodite's book, Journey's Home, simply visit our website at www.chresources.com or call us toll-free at 1-800-664-5110. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodite. I'm joined today by my son, Jonathan Marcus Grodi. Hello, John Mark. Hey, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you stay close. It's uh, it's great to have you join us on the program. Of course, John Mark works with me every day here at the Coming Home Network. He's our web dude. And, mm. uh, and in fact, with that being said, I don't always mention enough to the audience about the connection of the the web to the program. Uh, maybe since you're the one that's designed the whole new look and functionality of the website, maybe tell the audience what they would find okay. if they go to it. Well, we just, like you said, we just re- released a whole new redesign of the Coming Home Network's website, chnetwork.org. And uh, some of the emphases of the redesign uh, were both to, to to better give information about the Coming Home Network to, to, to be a better kind of landing place for those uh, especially, you know, clergy on the journey who are looking for help uh, as they think about becoming Catholic, and and a big focus of the new website is just um, uh, getting people a little bit better connected. Um, we have a bigger emphasis on conversion stories, a bigger emphasis on kind of discussion, uh, connecting with others on the journey, because kind of the basis of our work is really just the sharing of these stories of how Christ uh, changed us and moved us to, uh, into His Catholic faith, and so hopefully the website does a good job of that. Yeah. And then the Deep in Scripture page particularly, mm-hmm. they can watch us even as we're sitting here, mm-hmm. and uh, they can involve the check uh, the chat room, yeah. archived programs. Yeah, if you go to deepinscripture.com or if you go to the chnetwork.org and go up to watch and listen, uh, you'll see the tab under there. But on the Deep in Scripture page, uh, you, can, you can watch the show live or you can watch past shows, but you can also, there's a little chat uh, box there where you can log in with your social network information, and then chat with other people who are watching the show online. That's pretty cool. We haven't yeah. done a whole lot with that yet, but hopefully in the future we'll... Yeah, because the, the goal of this there. program is to help listeners grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ in the church, mm-hmm. to mature in uh, in holiness. That's the purpose of this program. It's yeah. not about you or me, right. John Mark, you know right. that, and, uh, but what we can do to help. Now, you chose... And I know this was a bit of a strainer for you as a stressor, as, as I said, hey, join me on the program, John Mark. But, but I, I, I wanted you to talk about scriptures that were important to you, and, and the issue that immediately came to mind for you was this issue of faith. Right. Why was this a big issue for you? Right. Well, like you said when you were introducing the topic, um, and there's a lot of questions you can ask about faith. For me, the, the real important question has always been, you know, all the all the language of it aside, at its basic core, what is faith? What is the response of faith? What does it look like? You know, practically, concretely, what does it look like in someone's life? Um, and this has been important um, to me because 
uh, a big part of my journey of coming to know Christ and, and growing deep in his church and really really kind of undergoing my adult conversion uh, to really being involved with my faith was trying to f- grapple with this issue of, of what does it really mean for me as a person to have faith in God? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And it also became more important as I as I uh, went through my college years because uh, my myself and my um, my now uh, wife, then fiance and girlfriend, did a lot of campus ministry, and we saw uh, this issue a lot in other people's lives. You know, as students try to figure out what to do with the with the doubts, with the questions, with the challenges in college, a lot of times you saw a lot of ca- Catholics who arrived at school who were struggling with their faith. Right. Yeah, and we and we saw them getting to school and never really having much of a basis in the first place of knowing what it meant to have a life of faith. And so when those those questions and those doubts and those challenges arose, um, they really weren't prepared to, they weren't prepared for them. So, would would you say that it was more difficult or easier or uh, for you as a PK, hmm. uh, in other words, a pastor's kid? Or having a father that was a public figure, doing journey home program on EWTN. Uh, of course, I come home and I'm busier than a, a pair of jumper cables at a <laughs> at a whatever picnic. And uh, uh, you know, was it easier or harder for you, or did it not make a difference? Do you think, as you look back? Um, I, I'm not sure about easier or harder. Uh, I will say that um, as I went through um, my coming to understand faith. Um, on the one hand, I, I think some of, some of the data I had gotten a little garbled in the transfer, some of the data itself. Yeah. But one one important thing that I did get from you and from mom was was the desire for a real relationship with God. And, and eventually, that, and that, that was kind of the thing that challenged me to think a bit further into this because I realized that the faith that I had, the faith as I understood what faith was, didn't quite make sense to me. Didn't really, it wasn't real, it wasn't alive. It wasn't what I saw in my parents and in other Catholics that I admired, and I wanted that. And so there was that contradiction, that that uh, that juxtaposition that really pushed me to seek out what, what does it really mean to have a life of faith? Yeah, I always thought it was interesting because even though I'm doing a TV show, I didn't expect that you were sitting home watching it. Uh, <laughs> but the other thing, before we get into the text, that I remember for you, uh, and some of the audience knows that I had mentioned on the program that you mm-hmm. at one time were at the Josephinum mm-hmm. in, in college there, discerning priesthood. Yes. And part of that process was discerning, no, you were called to marriage, and, yeah. and that's great. But it was also a really crucial time for you in this issue of faith. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, you have doubts about what faith is. Uh, stepping foot inside a seminary really brings that to the <laughs> forefront of your mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, got there and realized, whoa, I, I got to figure some of these questions out. Um, um yeah, and yeah. It, it, it took a, a bit of time for that, you know, mm-hmm. there and then at another Catholic college and then finally at a secular school, mm-hmm. which is where you found your best Catholic fellowship, mm-hmm. you know, that really helped you in, in your journey. All right, well, why this passage um, to begin with? Why okay, we- well, to begin, to begin this passage, I guess the, the original question that kind of really started me off thinking um, and started me off on my adult conversion was, uh, I loved being Catholic, you know, and we were, we, I got all the benefits of the conversion, none of the struggles. I mean, you guys became Catholic and we just kind of were excited about Catholicism all of our lives, you know. So I get about to my mid-teen years and I, I like being Catholic. I like the Catholic groups. I like the Catholic ideals. I like the culture. Uh, I'm very proud of it. Um, but as I begin to reach college age and I, I, I'm starting to have some bigger thoughts and bigger questions, um, I realized that what I, what I, how I understood my relationship with God, didn't quite make sense to me and wasn't very, wasn't very satisfying. I, as I began to, to, to question why I believed what I believed in, I, I began to see that my understanding of faith was that, you know, I have this belief, this belief, this belief, you know, this point of doctrine, and I have to basically just strain to believe these. But I didn't really feel a connection to God. You know, it's a, it, it was almost that faith was an excuse for God's absence. It was almost that, you know, faith was a suspension of my disbelief, you know, that I, I just was not going to listen to the doubts. I wasn't going to listen to the questions. I was just going to strain to believe. And a lot of things about God. Right. Yes. And that, and that's a crucial, that, that little, um, what was it? 
Adverb? Preposition. Preposition, I think. <laughs> it's been a whole year since college. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I realized I believed a lot of stuff about God, but I felt like I really didn't know God. And that really scared me because um, a lot of times what the world believes about about us as Catholics and, and as Christians is just that, that our faith, um, when, it, when you get down to what our faith really is, is just a suspending disbelief, like, you know, children at a magic show, you know, that we, um, we're just straining to believe these, these points of doctrine, but we've never really met God. Um, and I realized that that's kind of what I feared, that, that maybe that's what faith really is. And I, that really scared me, that really worried me, because I saw the kind of faith that I wanted in, in my parents and in, and in saints that I read about where they really knew God, they really had this relationship with God. And, and I worried there, maybe that's too good to be true. Maybe that's, maybe that wasn't real. Maybe they're not, they don't really have that. Maybe I'm condemned to this life of suspension of disbelief, you know, but I really want to know God. And so this particular passage, that was a long introduction. I liked this particular passage because the first thing that really triggered the changing of my mindset was actually when I went to seminary and I took a class on the catechism and it was actually just on the first uh, chapter of the catechism. It was, it was a long class over this, this few little passages. And very simply, what, what the catechism said about faith was that faith is man's response to God. And for some reason, that little phrase, that little sentence stuck with me and I began to kind of look for it in scripture and, and figure out kind of what's going on here. But the idea of, of faith being a response to God was interesting because it implied two things. It implied, yes, that, that faith is a response. It's something that I do. But more importantly, if it's a response, it has, it doesn't start with me. It comes from God. And so that's where this scripture jumped out at me when I, when I saw it, that, uh, you know, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my, by my father in heaven. His faith, his, uh, his understanding, his, uh, his, his knowledge, not just in an intellectual sense, but in a real um, connective, intimate sense of knowing Christ came from God. His faith originated in God and, and culminated in his response. And so that really hit me because I was trying to make faith happen on my own. I was looking at these points of doctrine and straining to, okay, I'm just going to believe these and I'm just going to ignore everything else. But realizing that I don't have to do faith Faith is a response to God working in me. And so I, I turned from there to, okay, well, I, I just want to know God. You know, I want to respond to him. God, where are you? And that's kind of what started my conversion, just trying to come to know Christ better. At the end of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, after he's St. Paul has discussed spiritual gifts, what they are, right. a long list of them. At the end, he says, now wait a second here, uh, earnestly desire the higher gifts. Mm-hmm. And what are the higher gifts? Well, that's what chapter 13 is all about in 1 Corinthians. And there that's all about love, faith, and hope. Right. And we recognize that they are gifts yeah. of God. Mm-hmm. The greatest is love, right? which again, as St. John says, we, we love because he first loved us. Again, it was a, a right. gift. But this faith is a working out of the Spirit in our lives. Mm-hmm. When you came to that realization, John Mark, back then, was it a step down first or a step up? Did you realize, did you feel that you were far from God when you realized that? Or did, was it a reawakening that you really were closer to God than you had realized? It, w- it was more the second. It took me a while to realize that. I think, you know, later on down the road, I looked back and realized that I'd been close to God all along, but I had been just very intent on kind of making my relationship with God happen, which doesn't happen. You know, God's relationship with us is 99.99999% him and us just kind of standing there dumbly saying, okay, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's not much us, you know, but I was really trying to make it happen. And so kind of in the midst of that, I, and of course the doubts and the questions of, of maturing in my faith, uh, I kind of lost sight of that. But later on, yeah, I looked back and realizing, there were times I was really close to God, but I didn't recognize it really for what it was. So, Interesting to put ourselves as a fly on the wall during this incident in Matthew where Jesus has asked those close to him, you know, who do men say that I am? And then they gave the long list of, and we don't have the psychology of what's going on there. I right. mean, are they right. trying to avoid answering the question? <laughs> or they, you know, but then when Jesus says, okay, but what about you guys? 
Yeah. Who do you say that I am? And the it immediately it says Simon Peter replied, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Mm-hmm. It doesn't say whether. Uh, I remember the old uh, Laurel and Hardy movie when they're asking for volunteers for the Foreign Legion, and, and yeah. everybody else steps backwards. <laughs> And right. leaving them too. I mm-hmm. mean, in this context, do we have the other disciples not saying anything because God hasn't revealed it to them? Right. Does Jesus jump? Does Peter jump them to the punch? Mm-hmm. Coming up first, is it possible there's someone there saying, "Well, look at God gave Peter this information. How do I get it? Right. How do I get this faith?" Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you had that same question when you were realizing it's about a relationship with God. How do I get it? Right. You know, and a, a lot of people struggle with that. You know, when, they, when you have these people who are outside the faith or who don't know God or maybe don't think they know God, you know, who are asking how, okay, how do I do it? Okay, then it all sounds all well and good, but how do I actually make it happen? Um, I think that's one of the, the the real important parts of our Catholicism is that, we have a different understanding of, of not just the incarnation of Christ 2,000 years ago, but how that persists even today. You know, after my initial questions, my initial um, uh, uh, ponderings, what really became crucial for me was the Eucharist, and particularly, particularly just in terms of, of, of the form and the devotion of it was adoration. You know, because what really came out to me is that, okay, I'm ready. I, I just want to encounter Christ. I realize that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been kind of missing, you know, and, and, and that's what adoration is, is just putting myself in the presence of God and just kind of waiting for him and just, and, and that's that's where I really be, uh, began to meet God. Um, and I, I, I wrote down another verse that I, I wanted to bring up that I always, that always comes back to me, and that's just in uh, John um, chapter 7, verse 46. And it's where the, the Pharisees are asking these officers um, why they didn't bring Jesus in. And the officers answered, uh, no man ever spoke like this man. Um, and I, I always, Peter Kreeft uh, has made some, some observations about the gospel that no one who ever meets Christ ever walks away, you know, not shocked. You know, they're either scandalized or, they're, or they fall in love. You know, but I think that that points out an interesting part of faith too, where it's not just the words, you know, it's not just I'm, picking up a book, you know, and I just, you know, jump right in and decide to have faith. You know, there's something different about Christ's words. There's something different about the Father revealing the Son to us. There's something in there. And again, when the world sees this, since since the world has the presupposition that God really isn't there, all they see is words. They see us, you know, there's this doctrine, that doctrine, the other doctrine, and we're just going to choose to believe it. And not, not seeing what's really going on there is... Uh, <laughs> we encounter Christ. Something something changes in us. The gift of grace, the gift of faith uh, blossoms in our soul. And that's where we get, that's where we have the ability to respond and saying, okay, I believe. I'm going to follow. Okay. To me, the one of the biggest differences in how, at least I've come to understand our walk with Jesus Christ as a Catholic versus how I did as an evangelical pastor, right. which is how what I brought you up with the first five or six years of your life, right. is that in understanding faith, we were moving away from those who saw faith as mere acceptance of categories, doctrines, beliefs, which would lead to a dry faith, and mm-hmm. and we emphasize a personal, yeah. intimate relationship walk with Jesus Christ. Right. And that was my preaching, and that's what I believed. With, with not a much of an emphasis on the body of Christ. Mm. And to me, that's the Catholic difference. As a Catholics, we do believe in a personal, intimate walk with Jesus Christ, right. of course. Mm-hmm. And we experience it in the Eucharist. But even more so, it is a walk with Christ that involves an intimate community. Mm-hmm. Through the sacraments, we become a part of the body. And that isn't just those alive. That's the saints, the wider family. We'll come back to that. You're listening to Deep in Scripture, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. 
Get an insider's look at the latest information from EWTN. Sign up for WINGS, EWTN's weekly email newsletter. Get the latest information about live events, special features, and guests. Connect with EWTN on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Just go to EWTN.com and click on the WINGS link to sign up. Don't miss a minute of all that's happening at EWTN. Get your WINGS today. Hi, this is Jerry Usher reminding you to listen to Vocation Boom Radio Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern exclusively on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Each week I bring you dynamic interviews with bishops, priests, vocation directors, even seminarians and those who support them, all in an effort to assist the Holy Spirit in what is truly a vocation boom around the world. That's Vocation Boom Radio Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern only on EWTN Radio. CH Resources is excited to offer you Marcus Grodi's latest book, Thoughts for the Journey Home. If you're not Catholic, but are looking seriously at the Catholic Church, or if you've recently entered the Church, this book will provide you with wisdom and encouragement for the journey. And if you're a lifelong Catholic, it makes a great gift for family and friends you're hoping will come home. To order a copy, visit our website at chnetwork.org or call us at 1-800-664-5110. Next time on The Journey Home, join Marcus as he welcomes former non-denominational Protestant Mark Mazza to the show. See how he made his journey home to the Catholic Church. That's on the next Journey Home, only on EWTN. The Journey Home is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, and I'm joined today by my son, Jonathan Marcus. We call him John Mark mm-hmm. Grodi. He uh, works here at the Coming Home Network uh, with me, and uh, we're looking at the issue of faith. And, John Mark, the first part of the program, you talked about really looking at the experience of St. Peter in this passage. Of course, at this point, he's just St. He's just Simon. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't been appointed. Right. The, in the next verse, he's going to get the experience of because of what's happened here. Right. And in fact, let me ask you that: with this verse as therefore the foundation upon which Jesus builds his church, mm-hmm. was it Peter's faith that? that therefore Jesus decided, whoa, I'm going to make this guy uh, the, the head, of the, the, the foundation upon which I'll build my church. Was it his faith? Right. No. Because, uh, again, faith originated in the Father. Um, because we see the Father speaking through Peter, uh, using him uh, as kind of a channel of the Holy Spirit. I think that's that's the crucial thing. It wasn't, you know, Peter kind of, he was just the best believer. He was just the, the most able to kind of get it in his mind. It was, it was what the Father was working through him. And it's that, this is, again, to me, the, one of the key Catholic perspectives versus how I did before Catholics. Well, sadly, in the Protestant world, and I, I, you know, I'm always careful when I say that, but I'm just calling from my own experience as a Protestant for 40 years and a pastor for 10, that what often divided us was we would get broken between either or. Right. Uh, our walk with God is either all God or all man. Right. And so you have the Calvinists that want to emphasize the sovereignty of God. It's all God. Everything's God. Your faith is a gift of God. Mm-hmm. What what Peter said here was totally a gift of God. It had nothing to do with Peter. Right. If he thought for a second it was him, he was being arrogant and was blind to his own sinfulness because he's totally depraved. And, and you know that was the more Calvinist perspective. Or you got the Arminian perspective, which is, no, 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 it was total man's freedom. Mm-hmm. As a ca- Catholic, we recognize it's both. The mystery of both. So in this passage, it isn't just that Peter came up with um, the best answer, mm-hmm. right? Nor is it just that 
he was a completely pure vessel, and God spoke through him. He right. was kind of me- a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was the mystery of both. Right. That Peter was responding by grace to what God had given him. He still had opened his cooperating. mouth. Yeah. He, there was this issue of cooperate. The mystery of that. Right. And so, in a sense, as Saint Augustine did say, it was Saint Peter's faith. Mm-hmm. But it was faith that he received from God. It was right. a both and, right. the, the mystery of that. So I, I'd like to push you, John Mark, to talk about beyond the gift of of faith. Mm. Therefore, is faith merely that God has infused new knowledge into me that I didn't get before? Or how do we move forward with this? If you've been awakened to something new, now what? Right. Um, you know, it, it's definitely a both end. Uh, and and it's I mean it's, it's always a, a tough but interesting thing to think about because we do know people who have been given all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of teaching, but something didn't just click. You know, and we on the one hand we we know that God gave them the grace. It wasn't that he that he just rejected them or ignored them or or or, or something like that because we see religious leaders who fail right they had the faith they had the grace right and they fail right so it's it's a both and god gives the grace but it's also um kind of a cooperation with that grace um and it gets us into you know looking at what what, what is the response of faith um what does that look like? Because there's a lot of different opinions about what that actually is also. Um. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm thinking that the, the, the yeah. James passage, yeah. James chapter 2, is a key one to focus on here because many position the James passage as if it's opposed to the Pauline passages. Right that emphasize grace and not works, mm. faith and not works. And so you've got this James passage, which which Martin Luther didn't like. Mm-hmm. In fact, he wanted to throw out James. The epistle of straw. Yeah, because he, it didn't fit with his particular understanding of faith alone. Right. But in fact, the answer is in this passage as we understand how to move forward when by grace God gives us faith now what do we do with it how do we help it change our lives Mm -hmm. and develop into an intimate relationship with god really the answer is in james and let me read the passage john mark and let you reflect on it james chapter 2 14 through 19 what good is it my brothers and sisters if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds can such faith save them Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, hey, you have faith, I have deeds. Well, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. (laughs) (laughs) I love the epic tone of that verse, and shudder. Yeah. um, Wow, where to start with that one? Uh, (laughs) Well, let me... Prime the pump here, yeah, John Mark, because that. I'll tell you why I believe this is so important. It reminds me of you know I've always encouraged you to read the uh, of the um, uh, what was that book by the Eastern spiritual writers? Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, I, I want to say prolegomena, but that's not it. But it's a collection of yeah. of spiritual writers. And the reason I've always encouraged you to read that, and I encourage you those listening, the, the word will come to me in a while here, but. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the Eastern spiritual writers, and when we Eastern, Eastern Catholic, Eastern Christian writers, warned about the danger of self-esteem. Right. And he was warning 
it not to unbelievers, but to people that had faith and the danger of self-esteem. And the context is that people with faith can become still so self-focused that their faith will dry up. Mm. And the answer to the sin of self-esteem, which is the sin of our culture, Mm -hmm. which puts self-esteem above anything, but the answer to it was to love, was to reach out, because it was by reaching out that that faith becomes actualized. Right. That's what James mm-hmm. is talking about here. Right. Right? I mean... Yeah, when he's emphasizing that faith, again, it, when we think about... Again, like, I, I love the, I loved the passage from Catechism that that, uh, that kind of sparked it for me, but thinking about faith as a response, and what is that response? Um, and... And faith, again, begins in this encounter with Christ. And we... Uh, we're only able to love, we're only able to have hope, we're only able to have the gift of faith through Christ. He gives us those gifts uh, and the responses to live them out. Um, and it's, it's easy just to get caught, I think, sometimes with, with, with just the thoughts, just with the intellectual side of it, you know, what I believe, you know, the, the different stuff, but, you know, but not uh, letting that uh, blossom into the life of, uh, of imitating Christ. And again, I, I think it really helps to look at faith less as just, again, the, the mental action, but more as the relationship with God. You know, it's we're, we're wed to God uh, through uh, through His coming and through His His dying and and, and through the church, um, and that relationship it, it prompts us to it prompts us to act it prompts us to love. You know, it's not just again in this intellectual relationship with somebody; it's a relationship of love, and so. If that's not evidenced, if that doesn't uh, produce these these good fruits, then there's something not right in there. Maybe you, you know someone hasn't really met God. You know, maybe they haven't really been given that gift of faith. Maybe they're just doing what I was trying to doing and just trying to manufacture this belief in their mind and thinking that that was faith. But what faith is is meeting Christ and and the effect of meeting Christ and saying yes to Him and uh, and getting up and following Him when He beckons uh, are the gifts of, of faith, open love. Um, that then you know then James points out as crucial. Well, it <laughs> seems to connect with if we think about when when Jesus was uh, confronted by the the Pharisee, mm-hmm. and I like to think of it as a good Pharisee in the sense that he was sincerely looking for an answer. Right. You know what's the greatest commandment? Right. And he didn't say it wasn't an issue of faith. Right. It was an issue of love. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, the greatest commandment was an issue of love, of complete giving of all that you are to God, right. heart, mind, soul, and strength, to, and then to others. Right. So there's where the, the categories of belief get translated into an intimate relationship with others, not merely God mm-hmm. alone in your room. That's where you begin the morning, mm-hmm. but it has to be fleshed out. And, right. and of course, James is talking about that, in which then your faith becomes alive. Right. Because you can love without having faith. Mm-hmm. And what's the problem with that in our culture? You can love without its foundation of faith. Right. Well, you can love. I mean, whether it <laughs> uh, ends up actually being faith. I mean, in the sense that love, y- yeah. y- your love then isn't, isn't guided mm-hmm. in what it means or... Uh, how faith and and hope and love are so interconnected because then love is corrected. Right. Well, and God is love and all love comes from God. And and if it's not connected to God, we, we we see, we have plenty of examples, like you said, from the culture where uh, there's this attempt to love without God, you know, but that's, it's a contradictory statement because God is love and you can't have love apart from him. Everything apart from him isn't something that's love. And so we all, we have all these examples of, of love twisted in the culture, you know. Oh yeah, I mean your experience in college and your college ministry with, with students that came from Christian and Catholic backgrounds, and then they land on a campus, mm-hmm. and there's love all around them, mm-hmm. but their faith needs to be guiding their love, and that's not just a category of faith defining what love is, but they're together. Right. Their their love, is shaped by the faith that they've been given as a grace from God. Right. And, or it isn't. 
Mm-hmm. Or it isn't. And that's a constant journey for us. Yeah. John Mark, let's take another break. Okay. And when we come back, I really want to ask, again, some practical questions for you as a young adult, young married, uh, soon-to-be father, uh, a man struggling to be a husband. Mm-hmm. How do you live out your faith right. in a way that you can stand without embarrassment before mm-hmm. God? You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, joined today by my son, John Mark, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. The Coming Home Network International is a nonprofit Catholic lay apostolate dedicated to helping Protestant clergy and laity come home to the Catholic Church. It was founded by Marcus Grodi, the host of this program, as well as the Journey Home television program on EWTN. If you are on the journey and interested in learning more about the Coming Home Network International or know someone who's thinking of becoming Catholic, please visit our website, www.chnetwork.org, or contact us at one 800 664 Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, joined today by my son, uh, John Mark. And before we get back to discussion, uh, John, Mark, I want to uh, remind the audience that um, soon, on July 23rd and 24th, there will be the this year's EWTN Family Celebration. It's back in Birmingham at the Jefferson Convention Complex and Concert Hall. Uh, again, July 23rd and 4th. This year's theme, 30 Years of Faithful Service. If you come, you'll hear inspirational talks by EWTN hosts and uh, some of uh, Mother Angelica's uh, brothers and, and the priests of the, uh, the Franciscan Order. Uh, you'll attend Mass and spend time in adoration. Kids can learn and have fun at EWTN's Faith Factory featuring Pete the Penguin. Be part of a live show audience at EWTN's television and radio. Uh, it's it's a weekend you will never forget. And best of all, it's free. No tickets required July 23rd and 24th. If you want information, go to EWTN.com or call 205-271-2989 for more information. All right. I want to just end with some practical thoughts, John Mark. Um, you know, faith is all that we are. Mm-hmm. It is all that we are. Yeah. How do we live it? Um, how do we live it? What do you mean? Well, I mean, living it out. I mean, practically, but you also, you want to also emphasize the need to share it. I mean, that's right. really what it is. I mean, yeah. Well, living it out, you know, faith as well as love and hope, their responses to God. And so it, again, it all comes from God, it comes in, in meeting God's first. God first, you know, and then we, we live that out in, in our Catholic faith. Um, but yeah, something we did talk about that we wanted to to, to mention, or something that I, I, I thought was an interesting ripple from uh, some of this understanding of faith, was how we share it with others. Um, again, we look at faith as a response, and then there's the two parts that there's the response, it implies that it starts first with God, it comes as a grace, as a gift from God, but then also we look at, you know, what is that response? Is it, it's not just an intellectual thing it's it's a whole incarnational uh, it's, it's, a, it's a giving of our total self it's an inheritance of our whole self to god and so i think an interesting ripple effect of that is our understanding of how we share faith with others you know i saw this a lot in myself again doing some ministry in college that um i started with an understanding of, of faith that was again something that i do you know i i strained to kind of believe this you know uh i uh, I, I kind of manufacture this this belief, you know, uh, and make it happen myself. And the problem with that, and again, I, I see this a little. We saw this on a lot of uh, a lot of students, people we worked with, and people we people worked alongside, and people we worked uh, with, was that uh, with that understanding of faith, something that I do. It's my it's believing under my own steam, under my own strength. Is that then when we try to share that with somebody else, what it comes down to is basically just trying to us trying to move them to make. To, to just believe something, <laughs> trying to con- and, it, it, and therefore it always ends up as an argument because we're trying to convince them of something. Which may be the reason that it's hard to get people to be, get involved with evangelization. I think so too. I think I think when, when people think of evangelization, they think, oh gosh, I got to convince these people. How am I going to convince these 
these atheists, these these secular people on campus, these partiers on campus, how am I going to convince them of these words that aren't mine? You know, how am I convince them of this? And again, I think when we look back at this and at the scripture from Matthew, we realize that faith is a response. Um, it's a response to God's prompting, to His grace, to His self-revelation. You know, His, his uh, encountering of us in the sacraments and in, in prayer and everything. If we see it as that, then we realize that okay, I don't have to convince them of anything. I have to introduce them to Christ. You know, uh, it's like the, I love, I actually was like, I, I didn't, I forgot to find it before the program today, but, you know, with the verse where Christ calls the disciples, you know, um, and they, they come running back and telling each other about him. And it's not, you know, they're not giving each other a list of these doctrines and trying to convince the other person to believe this new stuff. And I believe it's, we found this great guy. Yeah. No one's ever spoken like he speaks. You know, something's different here. Come meet the person. Yep. Um, I think that that's really important because that, again, that we think about going out and evangelizing people. We don't have to be great arguers. You know, we don't have to be great debaters. We don't have to have all the facts or all the data. We don't have to have the catechism and scripture and all these books memorized. We just have to talk to them about Christ. And then, of course, then, then that gets us into what our response is because we talk about our relationship with Christ. We introduce people to Christ. And then we just we show by our, our example. You know, we just love them. If we... If we begin by with gratitude, right? Because whatever we have has been given, mm-hmm. so we recognize whatever faith we have. Someone might say, oh, man, "I don't know a lot about Jesus." Right? Whatever you do know, yeah, the experience you have is a gift. Yeah. If you realize that, mm-hmm. if you fully realize that, then you realize that the fact that if you take a step back from yourself and look at yourself, and you yeah. say, "Whoa." This person came to know God because he made himself known. Mm-hmm. Then we right. think about going to share it to somebody else. Right. We recognize God's working in their life. Right. God's uh, uh, plowing the field in that person's heart and mind. Right. God's planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. I'm just... It really changes one's attitude toward yeah. that. You know, because it's not, I'm trying to convince something of something that I've figured out or I've you know, a faith that I've kind of made in my own mind, you know, because uh, I didn't do it. I did bear, all I did was, again, stand there dumbly and kind of say, oh, okay, God, you know. Um, it, it, we're not trying to convince something of something that we own, a truth that we possess, but a truth that we're possessed by. Yeah. You know, a person that has met and saved and sought us out, you know, and, and we're just introducing people to that. There are people in our lives that God's working, mm-hmm. just waiting for us. Yeah. to share what we've been given. Mm-hmm. We've got an email. Terry from Michigan. What words of encouragement would John Mark give to a teen who doesn't feel close to God or that she has enough faith? Mm. Again, I, I think a lot of the language, I, I think some of the some of the language that isn't always maybe explained enough or we don't really know how to explain faith nowadays, if you combine that with what the culture thinks about our faith, a lot of times what we're left with is this, again, this very bleak, kind of hopeless, how do I ever come to know God. It, it seems like I'm just supposed to kind of suspend disbelief and live my life like that. Um, Especially when wherever you turn on TV and the media, you see bazillion people that seem to live their lives without God. Right, right, exactly. And so, again, given this, um, uh, we can take a page from our, our Protestant brethren in saying that come to know Christ. You know, and I get, again, one of the benefits of being Catholic is we have... the. There is no better place in this entire world for us to encounter Christ in very similar, very the same way that the, the disciples did, as going to the Eucharist and being in His presence. You know, I, there's just nothing else like that in in this world today for us to just be able to go put ourselves in the presence of the present God, um, and you know, give it some time. You know, we're not accustomed to silence, so we can sit in silence and suddenly our mind gets a bit louder than anything outside of our own heads. <laughs> But but just put yourself in the presence of God and and desire Him. You know, don't don't desire belief or or the or, or the stuff. You know, the content. You know, desire Christ and He'll give you those gifts. You know, but seek Him first, and and the rest will kind of follow with that. I, I remember when the one of the earliest times when I was visiting the Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. after coming into the church. Actually, I was still on the journey, yeah. and had been a Protestant all my life, and yeah. and then a pastor. And of course, as a Presbyterian pastor, I taught that the Eucharist was symbolic, and mm-hmm. so when you believe it intellectually, right. I've accepted the categories, but I haven't 
yet appreciated the intimate relationship with Christ in the Eucharist. I remember sitting before the Blessed Sacrament and what do I do? <laughs> and I asked my good friend, Father Ray Ryland, what do I do? Yeah. And he said, just talk to Jesus. Yeah. That's how you begin. Mm-hmm. How you begin to actualize your faith. How do you begin to have an intimate relationship with Christ? Is just talk to him. Mm-hmm. That's why he talks so much in the Sermon on the Mount yeah. when he's trying to help these people have a really close relationship with God. It's mm-hmm. mostly about prayer mm-hmm. and almsgiving right. and fasting right. have an intimate relationship with Christ. Well, and, 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 and different kinds of prayer, too, you know, because there's a the, there's the prayer of, of talking to God, of our petition, of our, of our asking and our seeking. But also, uh, equally, I think is important is our, is our prayer of, of being there. You know, I, I, again, I, I think this is especially important for moderns because most of us, especially, you know, students my age, you know, uh, being quiet, sitting still for two minutes without checking our phone, it's tough. You know, <laughs> Kierkegaard said if he could um, prescribe one uh, cure for all the world's ills, it would just be silence. It takes some time, a little bit of practice to get our, first to, to get away from the outer silence and then to let the inner silence kind of quiet down. But that's really important, too, both for our, our prayer where we're talking to God and our prayer for listening. So I, I'd advocate seeking that silence, too, and just kind of practicing that a little bit. I want to get this last email, and we've got about a minute, John Mark. Okay. Quickly, Bob from Indiana, what advice would John Mark give to my son who is at a secular college and wants to share his Catholic faith with his friends who don't come from a Catholic background? Oh, man, I want to do a whole other program on this. <laughs> we'll have you back. I, <laughs> you know what, and this is really crucial here today. You know, I mean, the faith is not about trying to convince some atheist in your class to, to believe these different points of doctrine. It's about introducing him to Christ, okay? And and, and it also points to what our, our response is, which is faith, hope, and love. Okay, that said, minute left, um, <laughs> just love them and listen to them. If you can listen to them, you'll earn the right to be heard, and then you'll have the opportunity at some point to say, that's that's great, thank you for telling me all that. Let me tell you about Christ. Just, just let me tell you about him. Just tell me about a relationship with him. <laughs> all right, John Mark, thanks a lot. Uh, time flies, <laughs> right? Yes, it does. That's the way it is. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you back on here, have you all back here with your wife, Teresa, and talk about some of those same issues. How do you reach out, especially to today's young adults? I, uh, I do think that's a big untouched part of our generation that needs to come to this intimate relation with Christ and his church. So yeah. thanks, John Mark. Thank you for joining us on this program. I hope it was an encouragement to you. If you've got any questions about anything we've talked about, please uh, go to chnetwork.org and there are places to submit your email questions or the chat room. But really, this is all about growing in your intimate relationship with Christ and his church. Our prayers are with you. God bless. See you next week.